Hi, I'm Brittany Pacheco. And I'm Amber Churchwell. And we are the Watchers in the Basement. Welcome back to the Watchers in the Basement. We are very happy to have you here. And today, the lovely Amber and I are going to be reviewing The Handmaid's Tale, Season 5, Episode 5. We are halfway through the season, Amber. Crazy. I can't believe it. What, first of all, what did you think of this week's episode entitled Fairy Tales? I really liked it because of like the small little developments that there were but it wasn't as um like dramatically uh active I guess as okay. the um last couple episodes especially the most previous one um but I still there was so many plot driven things that I liked in it that I liked it I liked it a lot what do you think you know I liked it I don't think I liked it as much as the previous episode, because mm -hmm. that episode was just incredible with the dynamic of June and Luke dealing with Serena in their own ways and mm -hmm. then encountering Serena at the end. And then now they're leading their separate lives once again, you know, far away from each yeah. other. But that does not mean they are not connected in some kind of fashion because Gilead is still present. It's still a thing. And this cliffhanger, though, was actually very, very good. So let's just yeah. go ahead and jump into it. Let's just go ahead and, mm -hmm. and talk about this episode. We're going to start with Serena, because I think talking about Luke and June at the end is a little bit more appropriate. But Serena, yeah. my God, my God, oh my uh, God. Where, <laughs> right, where we left off with Serena is that she was taken from the Gilead Information Center when you know, shot was fired and she's now at this new quote unquote safe haven with the wheelers, the wheelers, at least Mrs. Wheeler seems to be like a super fan. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah. Super fan. And like, it was creeping me out. Yeah. I was so, so creeped out by it. That like, not just and you like creepy behaviors. Stuff. Yeah, and I like creepy stuff. And I was like, this lady makes me very uncomfortable. But, and I think, yeah. and Serena was uncomfortable through it. But Oh, she's like, about to become even more uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I mean, there, there was like a little bit where she kind of smiles and has like a little bit of like, I'm surrounded by my familiarity, like I'm surrounded by familiarity and things that are familiar and comfortable to me. But right. Even then, there's still, like, that layer of, like, okay. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. We're kind of crossing boundaries on what's appropriate, inappropriate, and things of that nature. And Serena is at this, I call it a compound, because we'll later find out that she's really not allowed to interact with anyone outside of the Wheeler household, either for her own protection or otherwise. But she is at this house. She's exploring her surroundings. And she asks her personal bodyguard from Gilead, Ezra, mm -hmm. if she can meet Mr. Wheeler. Because she just wants to share her thanks for his hospitality and things of that nature. And Ezra's like, well, you know, he's, he's kind of a really busy man. So, no. <laughs> yeah like don't hold your breath pretty much yeah pretty much but then we see serena having breakfast it, it looks like a really lovely breakfast like i don't i don't i don't eat breakfast i know it's the most important meal today but i really don't eat breakfast but that breakfast did look quite good mm -hmm. but it's with that creepy super fan she's completely fawning over serena mrs wheeler right she's yeah she's just Oh, I don't know. There, there's not enough words to describe Mrs. Wheeler in in the way that I would like to. Yeah. But I want to talk really quick about the positioning that these two women are in. Mm -hmm. You know, Serena was kind of left off with this Gilead ambassador title, if you will. And so in her mind, oh, I'm all important. I am doing God's work, blah, 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 blah. But now she's in someone else's household where, of course... Mrs. Wheeler would be at the head of the table. Yeah. And and she's like telling Serena kind of tells her, "Oh, you don't need to go out of your way to make this elaborate, you know, breakfast and things mm -hmm. like that." And and Mrs. Wheeler's like, "Oh no. No, no. 
it's not a problem at all. We need to, you know, make sure that you're taken care of, the baby's taken care of. You know, it, it, it's it's really seeing Serena in the role of like a handmaid and Mrs. Wheeler Very being much the so. wife. Like, what are your and thoughts on all that? I, yes, I very much felt that, especially with, you can see the differences on their plates. Mm -hmm. Like the, like Serena didn't make her own plate. That plate was already there waiting for her. And I took note of that because I'm like, well, that's very much just like how in Gilead, they made sure that like when June was uh, pregnant with Nicole, um, they made, they, she had a very strict diet they they were monitoring everything and even though it's subtle and no one's saying it like i think and serena definitely seems aware of that she's like hey uh i'm seeing the patterns here and especially since she's remember like we keep getting flashbacks of her first experience of obtaining a handmaid right. she she's not she's not blind to it which i think is good but i wonder i'm wondering what where what where she stands emotionally with that because if she mm -hmm. sees that this is happening and like accepting of it or because I don't think that's in character for her. Not one but bit. That's what it seems like because we don't really see her doing anything to push back against it. We just see her go along with it. And and because she's the guest in the household, she doesn't really have any power to mm. conduct herself otherwise. She yeah can't make those calls even though she thinks that she can she she gets her ass handed to her a couple of times in this episode mm -hmm. which I, st I absolutely love however needs to happen however when we see the the resemblances of serena sitting at the table she has this meal that she has to consume but she has that green drink you know the green drink that aunt lydia forced mm -hmm. on june you know oh it's important to get your vitamins and minerals and and yeah you know the difference being is that Serena is not complaining about it, right? She's going along with it. But, mm -hmm. but that camera angle of the back of Mrs. Wheeler's head and focusing on that for a while. And then you see Serena in the background, you know, drinking her drink and what have you. It's like, wow, how things have shifted for yeah. Serena. No longer at the head of her household, mm -hmm. if you will. And she's, whether she wants to see it or admit it or not, she's mm -hmm. very much in the same role that June was once, you know, uh, two years ago, you know, yeah, over two years ago. It's just a glorified handmaid at this point. And oh, yeah. where things are going to go from there, mm -hmm. who can say, but. Well, it went to yeah. having Mrs. Wheeler inviting her friends over, right? And let's, oh, let's all meet Serena. But it's not really meet Serena. It's let's all go fawn over the baby bump. Like, good yeah. God. <laughs> like, it sounded at first like she invited her friends over so that she could spread the word of Gilead like her job is supposed to, quote unquote. Like, that's what she's supposed to be doing. But that's how it sounded. Like, oh, hey, they're here. They're really excited to meet you. Like, mm -hmm. sounded very much less like this is because of Gilead. No, nope, right. it was be entirely because of the baby bump. Exactly. And we're met with a lot of creepy praise be, praise be greetings. And we tried for so long. We tried for so long. And, and, and it's kind of funny at that scene because Serena is sitting in between mrs wheeler and then one of her friends mm -hmm. and and they're you know fawning over the baby bump and it's almost as if serena's not even there at that point it's almost like she's just invisible much like a mm -hmm. handmaid and these two wives mm -hmm. are talking to each other saying oh we've tried so hard yes i know but this gives me hope and serena's like what the fuck like what what mm -hmm. is happening here right and of course now everyone wants to feel the baby kick because yeah. Serena allowed for one. Now everyone else is like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And <laughs> wait. Okay. There's a bubble. We need to yeah. respect that bubble. Like I'm not a fan of Serena, but like girl. <laughs> yeah. Do not definitely let people touch different. It's definitely different being on the other side of that. Isn't it Serena? <laughs> uh -huh. Ugh, Cause I mean, they don't really care about the personal space of, handmaids and gilead like that doesn't matter so no it's like very very small things to show where she's standing and mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's she's basically a handmaiden all but red. I I agree. I agree. But mm-hmm. one interesting flashback that happened during this moment, Amber, if you if you want to walk mm-hmm. us through it, was a flashback to Serena in early Gilead days with Mrs. Putnam. Yeah, I was very interested in that because uh, it's uh, at the hospital where we do see a lot of the rescued, you know, rescued Heavily kids. quoted rescued. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. The recently rescued children from the unfit mothers or parents. And this is probably more than likely the exact same situation that... Um, June and uh, Hannah had to go through that. Hannah, Hannah yeah. was taken away from June. Like this is this is what happens. We're seeing the other side of what happened to these children. Mm-hmm. So they were in a hospital until they were, I guess, paired off with Gilead appropriate parents. And we see Mrs. Putnam, and she says, and I, I quote, "You never really know where they came from or who they came from, do you?" And oh, that made me not feel great <laughs> listen i'm just gonna say it i'm gonna rip the band-aid that came off racist af okay it was racist. my it didn't opinion, come off as it was because the children that are in the these mm-hmm. rooms you know and and they're not really doing a whole lot of activities if you will they're just kind of there mm-hmm. a lot of these children are minority children yeah and so to, to hear this woman say that, oh, well, you don't know where they came from or who they came from. And I'm like, and that makes them a lesser human being? Mm-hmm. What it the came hell? Off as, well, even to me, it didn't come off just racist. It also came off as classist. Like, oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Like, there's so much wrapped in that. And we know, we know that Mrs. Putnam is not all (laughs) sunshine daisies we know that Mm -hmm. we know she's not that great especially in the beginning she did go through some she did go through some things but a little bit of growth and we do see that with um janine but this is years ago in the beginning of gilead this is before all of that and like it, it just it was so racist it made me so uncomfortable and we like and you where where do these kids go who decides that is it the commanders is it i don't know was it martha's is it i I wouldn't think it would be the aunts or the aunts yeah because there was an aunt in one of the rooms taking care of like a little little baby a baby right Mm -hmm. so it's like where like who decides like you said where these kids go and if they are not placed in a home because no one wants them for various reasons, then like what happens to them? Because if, if Gilead's mm-hmm. quote unquote mission is to replenish the earth, right. And, and be yeah. fitting parents to children who, who didn't have fit parents, by the way, who gets to decide that? Like, that's just ridiculous, of course. Mm-hmm. But what happens to these kids? I mean, are they all accounted for or are they not? No. And I mean, we do see it. Um, I am blanking on his name right now, but when they went to DC, when um, that commander, who was it? Um, oh, you're talking about Christopher Malone's character? Mm-hmm. That uh, yeah. June. Yeah. Um, they had several older kids, and I, uh, we know that they do have handmaids, but mm-hmm. are all of them handmaids, or are some of them? Because there were mixed race children there. So yeah, I don't. I don't think Gilead's been around long enough to warrant having older children. Like yeah, that. there was like four or five, mm-hmm. and I think those children, because they were mixed races or mm-hmm. multiple races, ethnicities, that. That you we can assume that that's where some of the children went because right. but um so maybe they have the choice like how mrs putnam obviously she clearly does not want that so mm-hmm. maybe that was it was left up to their choices and the right. aunts i'm going to assume i guess maybe a little headcan for myself is that the aunts are the ones who decide until told otherwise maybe and um but I think it has to be go. I think it has to go be screened through the commanders. I would like think the so. aunts, like, yeah. hey, here's some potential candidates that work for you, and then right. uh, 
the commanders to choose make the final decision. That's what I, I'm going to think. I can get behind that because I, I do recall in earlier seasons with Aunt Lydia amongst her other aunts, they were deciding which handmaid goes to which family. And mm -hmm. there was a distinct comment of, oh, no, this family doesn't want uh, a mixed race child. Mm -hmm. They yeah. they solely wanted their own race, mm -hmm. whatever it, that was. Uh, so I'm sure we can assume what it was. <laughs> we can assume, uh, you know, it is what it is. But mm -hmm. I, I do think you're right in, in saying all that. So and in, in talking about the handmade program, because, again, mm -hmm. this is early days of Gilead. Serena questions Mrs. Putnam, you know, what what do you so are you going to get a handmaid? And Mrs. Putnam's kind of like revolted at that idea. She's like that that just makes the idea worse. Like I would yeah. never go for that. So both women agree that the handmaid program was mm -hmm. not going to be for them, that they were going to keep on trying. But as as that conversation is being concluded, you know, Serena mm -hmm. is is looking at another room full of rescued children and she waves to one little girl who looks up and then she kind of looks back down and just continues coloring or doing whatever she was doing. Mm -hmm. And then the camera pulls back and you see a hallway just full of rooms mm -hmm. of these kidnapped kids. Yeah. And that was such a striking image for me. I was incredible. Yeah. It was very visually striking, incredible storytelling visually. It was mm -hmm. I really liked it, but um, mommy, it's terrible. I didn't like it. You you know what I mean. Um, but for visual purposes, yeah. to stress mm -hmm. the point that exactly there were so many kids that were taken from families, especially whether, since Gilead's whether they were fit much, or not. Yeah, especially since Gilead's like their whole thing is for the children. This is all for the children. This is all for the children. Mm -hmm. Is it really though? And that that was the we we've known that for yeah. a long time, but this was even in the very early days of Gilead, you can see it's not entirely about the children. It's not even mostly about the children. It's that just no. that image, and then these two women are talking about how oh, I guess I have to deal with one of these children if I want one, or I guess we can keep trying, or I, I know guess we I could would never handmade. have a handmaid. Yeah, yeah, it was the privilege. <laughs> like I it know. Was... It, it made me want to reach into the into my TV and just slap them. Because yeah, and... it's like, your, your whole philosophy and doctrine or whatever is that mm -hmm. these children are plucked because they come from unfit families, yet they're still not good enough for you. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's terrible. The bias there. It's mm -hmm. so. It was terrible. It's so complex and it's terrible. And I also thought it was very interesting seeing because when we meet these women for the first time in season one, that they obviously June is the handmaid. And we and so they've already changed their minds. They've already oh, yeah. gone through this because this is years before the show starts and um mrs putnam uh like by the time that we are in the first episode janine is already expecting pregnant yeah it's like full-blown like very very soon gonna pop out that baby right. so it is just very i guess interesting to see mm -hmm. that obviously things changed <laughs> and oh when you're you desperate, mm -hmm. when you're desperate, yeah. you you will pretty much succumb to just about everything. But one thing mm -hmm. that Serena, going back to current day Serena, mm -hmm. she's not willing to succumb to is not working. You know, she was given an initiative. Mm -hmm. She wants to keep doing that. And Mrs. Wheeler tells her that she can take a phone call in, in one of the rooms. And, and Serena invites her to be on that phone call, to mm -hmm. which Mrs. Wheeler replies, oh, no. Oh no, wives wives have no business doing things like that. Yeah. And and, and Serena's kind of like taken aback a little. Like I was too. <laughs> she's just like, "Oh, well, okay." And and really, I don't know what Serena's goal was being a Gilead ambassador in Canada. Whether she was going to continue Gilead's mission or not or try to break break away and 
kind of give women back their choice and their voice and things of that nature. You don't, you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't know what her, her complete motive was, but that seemed to kind of like slap her across the face about like, Oh no, women or wives have no business handling things of that nature. And and, uh, well, at least what I think was, and this is what I thought when I, when I heard that, because I was taken aback by it just like Serena was, but I think that it kind of reminded her like, oh, if I am going to be an ability, uh, an ambassador for Gilead, that is the Gilead ideal. Like, Mm -hmm. that is true. She's like, oh, like, I think kind of like, I think she kind of lost sight of that or not lost sight of it, but it kind of just got, oh, I'm an exception. Mm. That's one way of looking at it. Yeah. To the point where now she's realizing like, oh, that might not be a great thing. Yeah. Oh, hi, Mel. Real quick, going to give a shout out to Mel from Geeking Out with Melly Mel. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you being here. Um, but Amber, with with that being said about Mrs. Wheeler, mm-hmm. Serena still takes her phone call with Commander Lawrence, but he's also joined by Commander Putnam, whom mm-hmm. I think we can agree is a sack of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to put it, to put, oh, yeah. put it delicately, sack of shit. And it's no question that he does not care for Serena, let alone Commander Lawrence himself. And Putnam is quick to blame Serena for the closure of the information center in Toronto. She's like, I'm not accepting blame. I'm blaming June and her husband. Mm-hmm. To which they both agree and say, okay, they, yeah. they need to be dealt with. And then Serena wants to keep business talk going and say, well, Mm -hmm. I'd like to reopen the the facility, but as a fertility center, you know, Mm -hmm. people don't care about Gilead's policies and, you know, it's so controversial, but what they do care about and what they do want to learn more about is conception and the gift of life versus, you know, rhetoric and, and things of that nature. And, and she's going on and on and on. And Putnam's like, yeah, we'll take it under consideration. Bye. Hang up. Yeah. And it was so rude. Mm-hmm. And I mean, power took her for keep going. Like he tried to cut her off maybe three or four times and she still kept going. Mm-hmm. Power to her for that. But he, he was just trying to cut her off and eventually just hung up on her when she wasn't listening. And mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's not what they want. They don't. I making her a Gilead ambassador thing is probably just what they said that he's like. We don't have a place for a woman like you in Gilead, and it's just basically their way to kind of ghost her. Oh, without and a doubt, it's that's definitely where it's going, <laughs> and mm-hmm. they're slowly just going to stop. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the frequency of these calls and of their involvement with her were to just like diminish cease. more and more. Yeah, just, like diminish more and more until eventually they're just, yeah, until she's just completely excommunicated. I, 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 I definitely can see that happening, mm-hmm. but there's even more tension amongst the two commanders after that phone call because mm-hmm. while Putnam is saying that you know, Serena can't run amok. Okay, we, we've got to yank her leash to remind her of her place. And and Lawrence, good God, Bradley Whitford, I love this man. He's like, yeah, we, we know how, how much you like to yank leash. Like, we, we know how you like to handle women. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I love this man. Like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Incredible. He has such a, the some of the best lines. Mm-hmm. Without a sharp doubt. wit. I love it. Yeah. So then Putnam deflects, of course. Mm-hmm. He deflects from those comments, Serena, and now is wanting to attack Commander Lawrence on a probably a little bit more personal and professional level about this new initiative called New Bethlehem, which mm-hmm. is a project that sounds like we're going to bring back everybody into the now Gilead the former United mm-hmm. States. And we're just going to forgive them. We're going to forgive everyone who wronged us, which would be the sort of Christian thing to do. You know, forgive forgiveness is, is a, a big 
yeah. a big lesson that's taught. However, Putnam doesn't see eye to eye with Lawrence about that. He, he would rather punish their enemies and keep Gilead isolated and not let mm-hmm. the world know about who they are and their operations and things like that. What did you think when Lawrence told him, if we were to do that, this country will die? Then do it. <laughs> like, but, <laughs> um, That was... Uh my impulsive response but um good response (laughs) it just then perish but um i don't know it was it was striking because he he's right lawrence is he was one of the founders and he has so much in the formation and how gilead actually runs Mm -hmm. not just the rules and the current hearsay like that's just that's not his deal. His thing is in the entire actual operation, which well, I think he's more of an an economist. No, I mean that's yeah. He, he's looking at just the overall exactly. function of of the nation, right? So yeah. So if anyone's going to know that what would what it would take to make the the nation of Gilead fall apart, it would be him. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it's a warning to take lightly, but of course you know. Putnam's going to do what he wants to do. So, and he definitely didn't seem happy about that. He was just like, he was so sassy with his. So sassy. I don't, he yeah, had yeah. to have got, he has gotten such an ego boost after Fred died. Oh, yeah. But I don't know, man. It's... <laughs> you, you said Putnam's going to do whatever he wants to do. And I'm like, yeah. And that's why he lost a hand. <laughs> You would think that that would humble him. <laughs> oh, nope. no. If people who try to stand behind a, a wall of righteousness are usually the worst kind of people out there. Usually. Yeah. Not everybody. Usually. I, you kind of forget about him after <laughs> the cutting off the hand. You kind of forget that he exists. Because yeah. after them cutting off his hand, um, kind of mid-forearm, really. But mm-hmm. when they... After that, he's just kind of like this sad little creature in the corner, like pretty much. <laughs> and pretty much. yeah, and then he's come back with a force ever since Fred died. He's obviously mm-hmm. gotten re-promoted again or mm-hmm. some sort, and they were getting a new handmaid, and yeah. like with Esther, and like Ugh. they're definitely <laughs> building us. I think they're building it up for him to be a bit more of a villain or player in this. Oh yeah. Because oh, I think he's we already had. <laughs> oh, well, he's gonna get killed very fast. I'm yeah. I'm so confident in that he's gonna he's gonna die. He's gonna die. But um, either this season or the big like the first half of next season, I promise. Oh yeah, for <laughs> that's, sure. That's that's where I'm placing my bets. Right. But we see with Esther, like he, they're really showing us just how terrible he really is. Because again, you forget about him. You forgot that mm-hmm. this pathetic little creature in the corner, and then. You see him with the chocolates force feeding Esther, yeah. and that's just like, oh yeah, yeah, this guy is the worst. And then, and then this, like, you see how he was very blatantly disregarding Serena and treating mm-hmm. her horribly mm-hmm. over the phone. Mm-hmm. And then he's just standing up to Lawrence. It's yeah, yeah. There a lot of men shutting down other men, or in Serena's case, being man shutting down a woman Mm -hmm. once more right yeah uh so talking about serena again she she also you know she's restricted restricted to this household basically and when one of the super fans wants to come and bring her a bouquet of flowers Mm -hmm. you know serena just happens to be out there at the same time and and she approaches the gate she tells ezra like hey i want to I want to commune with this person. And and he says Mm -hmm. to her, our orders from Mr. Wheeler are to not open the gates. We don't know who she is. We don't know her intentions. Fair argument. Very fair argument. However, are those orders. Like, did you forget, Serena, that there were gunshots outside the building that you were living in? (laughs) Right. But the orders to keep the gates closed, are are they coming from Mr. Wheeler himself or are they coming from the commanders above him? 
You see that, and he seems very much like a commander in Canada. Mm -hmm. And it's just another way of treating her like a handmaid. Yep. She's not allowed to leave unless allowed. Yep. So she's very much probably feeling more imprisoned than protected Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of those restrictions. She is recalling the time that she had to give in to picking a handmaid. Mm-hmm. And we see that day shared with with Aunt Lydia in the room that the handmaid would be staying in. And both women are uncomfortable, Aunt Lydia and Serena. And <laughs> Yeah, it was so cringy. It was really, really cringy. But Aunt Lydia is presenting Serena four or five folders of, of you know, hands, the very finest, most respectable, fertile candidates. Mm-hmm. And the first file that Serena looks at... You know, Aunt Lydia couldn't just, could she be more over the top? I feel like she was going to say that to no matter which one Serena Right. Touched. And, and what was it that, that she said? What was it that she said? <laughs> like, I don't remember the exact wording, but just like, very, very perfect. Very, like, that's one of my favorites. I that That's the one that I wanted for you. And it was just like. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good choice, Serena. That's beautiful. Well, it didn't say Serena, said Mrs. Martin. Right. But very good choice, Mrs. Waterford. She's she is a very good choice for you. Mm-hmm. And I know you'll be very happy with this handmaid. And it's mm-hmm. like then she picks up she dismisses that one. Well, because she picks up another. Because yeah, because Aunt of the Lydia had yeah. said that that particular handmaid had also caught Fred's eye. And to which Serena's like, Nope. Close. <laughs> next <laughs> thank you <Yeah>. next <laughs> which i mean power to her for knowing that there's gonna be a problem anyway so you know you're right uh, yeah like, that, <laughs> that says so much about mm-hmm. what their expectations were for, and like that kind of makes me want to like look back at season one and see because obviously i like now we know that serena will dismiss somebody who caught fred's eye so, but June still did. So, <laughs> um, you know, and, and that was the curious thing. So this clearly was their first handmaid. And from mm-hmm. what we know of from season one of the, the first handmaid, she ended up committing suicide in, yes. in that bedroom, right? She hung herself. We never actually found out what it was that Fred did to her. Yeah. If it's along the same lines of which, whatever he did to June, or maybe he he took a Putnam style, right? He he was just creepy. We don't know. I don't, and we'll never know yeah. if. I mean, I doubt it. But doubt. but you're right. June somehow caught his attention. And yeah, and it just it's interesting to me now because it's making me kind of reevaluate things. Yeah, but and then immediately after she picks another, she starts looking at another file. And he's like, oh, like she's this handmaid is like this one will be perfect. Like this one's be, you'll be very happy with her. And it's like, winner, like, winner that to anybody. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. Like this is, it's a very annoying sales technique. <laughs> Just. It really is. But the over selling of, Oh, Oh yes. That was, that's a wonderful choice. Like it yeah, hurt I her know. soul. So good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. It was a bit much. I, a little bit. Did little not bit. like it. I was uncomfy. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting, but yeesh. yeah, even even she had to succumb to something that she didn't want to do. And, and that would explain her bitterness for sure. Yes, without it, without a doubt. But but you know, you would think that the experience that she's going through, the miracle that you know she's been bestowed, mm-hmm. she's she's praying at her be- bedside, and we finally get to see. The Mr. Wheeler. The, he's a very mysterious person up to this point. And yeah. you know, he walks in, he's very cordial. He, you know, semi young man, if you will. And yeah. he was he younger was a, than I expected. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. I because you look at commanders and you think, oh, they're all like, you know, mid, mid, middle-aged men, what have you. Mm-hmm. He seems to be on the lower end of that. Um, but he he walks in to inform Serena that hey. Gilead likes your idea about the fertility center or uh, fertility focused information center, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, and she's like, great, like 
let's start working. You know, I, I want to spearhead this whole new initiative. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. He's like, mm, reel it in. We think that your baby needs to come first before any other ambitions. And he tells her, basically, you just need to sit your ass down and rest. Yes. But then he does, like, probably the most, I think the move that makes it seem like, wow, I'm really the one in power here and you need to bend down to my will. And and if there was a move that For made sure. her feel like a handmaid, this was the move of yeah. the prenatal vitamin or whatever, the prenatal capsules. And he pours out a, a glass of water, hands her the things and watches her take the pill and he says mm -hmm. now you need to take one every day to keep up with your levels and she's like i will yeah. creepy as hell but it's like wow yeah you... like she very oh. firmly you are being treated like a handmaid and that is a glorified a glorified oh, one yeah, you're right handmaid is mean, all but red i'm telling you yeah exactly so you know, she, she's been denied everything that she thought she was going to have by being this Gilead ambassador mm -hmm. and the cell phone. Quite, she can't have a cell phone. She can't have the cell phone. She can't spearhead this initiative. She, she can't do the thing that she really wants to do. And that's be mm -hmm. in the limelight in charge mm -hmm. because we know that she worked very, very closely behind the scenes to making Gilead what it is today. Yeah. And she's not, been given her quote-unquote due respect or mm -hmm. the ability to do the work and that's all she wants to do and, and it's like well okay hindsight um why did you do this all together you just gave up all of your freedom all your mm -hmm. your your agency to to choose and this and that and then you at one point in one of the seasons she blames fred she's like how could you have done that to me it's like bitch you gave it up on your own yeah like this was <laughs> like it could have been done without you. How, like, how are you surprised by this? Yeah. And it's basically like turning on an oven and then touching it and being, oh, it's hot. Why is it hot? You turned it right. on. Yes. Like, it's exactly like that. And I just thought it was just so interesting. And she, and now she's, and to show you even the stark contrast of her, I guess, new role here in Canada, Gilead. Mm -hmm. Gilead, Canada. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> Caliad. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's Canalad role like Canalid. Yeah, let's go with that one. That one sounds better than Caliad. Canalid. 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 We're going with Canalid. Sure. So <laughs> now with her new role, it shows definitely that what it is because she's supposed to be this ambassador, but they won't let her go out of the out of the house to commune with the people who are supporting Gilead. Mm -hmm. They won't let her do that, which is a kind of a, you know, key action of an ambassador, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, she clearly can't do that. She can't have a phone. She can't communicate on um, like everything's being screened through and yeah. like a handmaid. She's yeah. Very much restricted. It's very much so. Well, speaking of handmaids, let's talk about a former handmaid. The OG. The OG. That's right. <laughs> Not to be confused with OT, who plays Luke. <laughs> that was a pretty good transition. Um, so, so let's talk about June and Luke, because this, this was a pretty big episode for them, mm -hmm. obviously. Yes. They are sleeping, and June's having dreams of happier times before Gilead with Hannah. Love mm -hmm. the flashback to seeing little Hannah and when they're at the aquarium, but they're woken mm -hmm. up to a phone call from Lily. As we recall, Lily is kind of the, uh, the resistance leader that we saw along the border. And she says that she's got news about the wife's school and that there's an ally guardian who has that information. He's, you know, going to come and, and talk to, to the resistance about it. So they hightail it mm -hmm. to, that location with Moira, but they're met along the way by some mm -hmm. Canadian protesters who pretty much want Yankees, except that they keep yelling out. They want the Yankees to go back home. Canadians. Do you realize that 
America is Gilead now? Do you really yeah. want them to go into Gilead? Really? I I have a theory and I might be wrong. I actually am probably wrong. I want to hear the theory. My theory. So I don't know how other way to say it, but what if these are people that are supporting of Gilead? Okay. And we did hear in this episode, you know, the Bethlehem project mm-hmm. and bringing people back in and oh. apologizing and stuff like that. So what if this is like kind of working in tandem with that? Oh, that's a good theory, actually. Yeah. Because we do see mm-hmm. Canadian Gilead sympathizers. Exactly. So if they're the ones who are saying Yankees go back home, go back home. Mm-hmm. Or unless Gilead is just really that crafty and they planted you know, people in there to, you know, I can, I can get behind that. I can get, I mean, obviously the wheelers are in Canada. Why? Like they're, they are seeming other than the, cause they're not dressing in the colors, but um, no, not really. Cause the wives are that we see funding over Serena are wearing like relatively normal clothes. Right. 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 And, um, but they're not, uh, so they're not wearing the, the, the blue of wives, but Mm -hmm they are still being they're wearing the same style like the outline the silhouette same the, yeah the mannerisms and mm-hmm. and everything else is that and the words and the behaviors yeah. so it's like sort of wearing the color. Are, exactly so they're just people that there are we can clearly see there are people outside of gilead that are behaving and acting like gilead just not as strict yeah in using the exact protocols which that's it's a color i, I mean out I of all of the protocols to avoid that's minor yeah. but they are they are doing all the other stuff they so are they for sure are i wouldn't be surprised if this has no. some kind of connection but i might be wrong but that that's my theory it's it's an interesting theory i do <laughs> like that theory um but lily when mm-hmm. june moira and luke arrive she's got bad news the mm-hmm. ally guardian either can't make it across no man's land or won't make it because border patrol has beefed up and mm-hmm. therefore the guardian is stuck in no man's land. Well, Luke's like, listen, we've come this far. I'm not leaving without that information. I'm going to go over there. And June's like, mm-hmm. I'm going with you. So this woman is virtually going back into Gilead territory. I yep. mean, she's got to cross no man's land, but like getting to the guardian side who obviously is of Gilead, very risky, mm-hmm. extremely risky. And really all they have is like a map. They've got like a backpack of of goods that they're going to trade off with the guardian and mm-hmm. a secret password, which is beret. Yeah. Don't know why it's beret, but it is. <laughs> but all the while they are traveling through the woods because they're not going to be able to make it until morning. They... They, I say they, but June is having these flashbacks, horrible mm-hmm. flashbacks, of course, when Luke, yes. June, and Hannah were trying to escape uh, Gilead Guardians, and and they were separated. All three of them were separated. Mm-hmm. So the PTSD is very real. I get it. I, I, you know what? I would probably be having the same, yeah. same flashbacks. Girl. My God. So sad. Yeah, it was... It was intense, and you can tell how I I liked that they made it very clear just how impactful this was for June without lingering too heavily on it to where it kind of felt yes. too stretched out. I think it they paced it very well. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, I for sure agree with that. Mm-hmm. And during the night in the woods, they do come across a hanging corpse from a tree. Mm-hmm. It appears to be a guardian who has the clothing of a guardian, but it. What's weird is that there's a sign that says rapist. And this freaks out Luke because this is more or less his real first up close and personal interaction Mm -hmm. with Gilead. And June's like, well, Gilead, this isn't Gilead. Gilead doesn't use words. So it's like, Mm -hmm. right. But it's like, but then who did this? Is it the rebels? Is it someone else operating in their own way? Mayday. We don't know. Right, it could be Mayday, and who knows. So, now when we do see the couple encounter this very young but armed guardian who mm-hmm. yells out 
raspberry. You know, Luke is freaking out, right? You know, because the guy's armed. He's like, oh, my God. And June just, yeah. like, stares the dude in the face like a badass. And she's like, beret. Yeah, like, I'm not, like, I like, was not surprised yeah. by this whole interaction. <laughs> because she's just. Yeah. You can tell that she has been so desensitized mm-hmm. to having a gun pointing at her. Well, that she's just. This is yeah. where I think she kind of goes into the the dual personalities. You know, there's mm-hmm. June and then there's Offred. Offred is yeah. the one that you don't want to fuck with. And June <laughs> yeah. is June is June deep down inside. Mm-hmm. So once all the, the secret code has been given, the guard the guardian's like, hey, we can't stay here. It's too dangerous. You, you know, I have to go. Like, I have to go. And they're all like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, we, we're not leaving without information. He's like, listen, he goes, you don't have to come with me, but I have to go. So, yeah, they go. They go wherever he's going, which is very risky because they don't know if he could be like a double agent. They don't know mm-hmm. where the safer place is. And yeah, if it's really safe, if it's really secure. Exactly. They don't know if they can trust them. Exactly. I mean, he he could be young. I mean, I mean, he is young. There's no doubt about that. It's like, but they don't know anything about him. And and one thing that Lily had said to the couple before they left was like, don't ask for names because names are dangerous. And I think that was purposefully said because later on we will find out more about this guardian uh, at his secret spot, which happens to be a bowling alley slash bar. <laughs> That's out in Christmas tree, like Christmas lights and a disco ball. Like what's up? I guarantee he put those up himself. Like, I I think he probably just found those lights just tucked away somewhere in this place and just decided to go crazy with it. Which, I, I don't blame um, him. I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't blame him either. It was a cool little setup he had. And yeah. um, he, he, you know, he was he took the backpacks from them with the goods and he's like, mm-hmm. hey, you guys take these. These are mine. Like, yeah. he's like, I have a system here. <laughs> Don't interrupt my system. <laughs> and uh, they they got to learn more about Hannah's school because and he introduced us to a new term, the plums. What did you think about the plums? The plums. It, it's very appropriate. I mean, okay, I've mm-hmm. talked about this many times. I'm a graphic mm-hmm. designer. I know colors. Yes, yes, there are actual names to colors. So plum was a very appropriate <laughs> color to to give these young women kind of in transition from wearing mm-hmm. the pink when they're, you know, a little girl before getting to blue as, as a wife. So the plums is a, is a very appropriate name mm-hmm. uh, because you, you even talked about it uh, in one of our earlier episodes mm-hmm. that red and, and blue will make purple. So pink is just a, a tint of, yep. of red and, you know, there we are. So plums mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> plums. it is but the significance <laughs> yeah yeah but the significance of mm-hmm. what kind of school hannah is going to was incredibly important because all the guardian knew was that it's a secret location it's heavily under guard and that there's wife training curriculum that is mm-hmm. accelerated which is really scary because the fact that hannah's Terrible. 12 yeah. She's 12 years old. How do you expect a 12-year-old to know anything mm-hmm. about being a wife and, and managing a household and performing the duties of a wife? Yeah, a 12-year-old. Yeah. And do we actually – do we know how old Esther was? Esther, I think, was probably 14, 15, 16. Yeah. Within, within like that 15. range. I think she was about 15. We know, we know Eden, Nick's mm-hmm. – late wife she was Mm -hmm. 15 yes so it's just they're just making it younger and younger which is cringier Mm -hmm. and terrifying but uh, we and luke is disgusted by this sure and obviously june is very concerned about this but i think she's also she takes the information is like, okay, what are we going to do about it? Like, what other information do you have? She's very much just like already on to the next step while Luke is still processing the Mm -hmm. horror of what that means, the implications of it. Right. Yeah. Because the Guardian does say, well, as long as Han is in that school, 
she's safe. Yeah, she's and not married got, yet. She's not married yet. She's not performing the, the duties of a wife. However, there's more information here on this thumb drive that he hands over to them. And mm -hmm. very curious, of course, what that intel would would reveal mm -hmm. and how he acquired it because he was like you know this is it, it took a lot to to get it so but hey you know we've we've concluded our business let's have some fun we're in a bowling alley it's got a disco ball we've got some alcohol like let's go bowl yeah and and this is obviously where fairy tales the title comes into yeah. because it's very much it's so. like a little glimmer of just regular life in such a mm -hmm. difficult situation because the guardian basically says like, Hey, you guys have to hang out here until it's safe to go back out to mm -hmm. get to the border. June and Luke are kind of like, uh, but they have no choice. So yeah. in the meantime, we learn that the guardian's name is Jaden and he's a sweet kid. He's, he's, he's adorable. Really I did. When I was watching this, um, my uh, my boyfriend was right next to me, mm -hmm. and he he wasn't watching the show. He was on his phone doing his own thing, but <laughs> uh, he did hear me say when I was like, "I really like this kid. He's gonna die, and I'm so sad about that." <laughs> like you, you, at this point with this show, we are so expectant of the good and the sweet and the innocent being brutally murdered you can just so, predict it it's so sad yeah and i'm just like i really like uh, i'm like i know he's gonna die but i hope it's a quick easy thing and <laughs> um luckily uh my fears have been spared so far. for now for now for now but, we'll, um, we'll, we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> yeah we'll get that to that in a second but yeah that whole interaction was just so sweet and I guess refreshing. And it must have been refreshing for Luke and June, too, because, like, Luke was bowling. He hasn't bowled in a long time. And um, it didn't escape my notice, though, that June hung back and she didn't bowl. Yeah. And um, She's on guard. She's, she's definitely on guard because she's she hasn't forgotten. I'm still in Gilead currently, right now, physically. Well, <laughs> I'm in Gilead. But, but also, bowling mm. makes a lot of noise. And she's like just waiting to hear other guardians approach and mm -hmm. either join in on the fun or bust them. You know what I'm saying? Like, because she, yeah. she doesn't know this guy. She doesn't know again, mm -hmm. double agent or not, but the kid, again, he's just really a sweet, naive, happy child. And and I say naive because the fact that he, all he's ever known is Gilead, but mm -hmm. when Luke's like, Oh, I love bowling. And he's like, yeah, I, I, I think I did too you know, before with, with mm -hmm. my dad. And so the, 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 the tone or the atmosphere changes a little bit and it becomes kind of sad because. Mm -hmm. You get June, to see the other side of that. Yeah. June is realizing that, okay, this kid is, is of Gilead in a way, but he doesn't necessarily share the same philosophy as mm -hmm. the rest saying. And he says, I think people should be able to see their families. I, I think people should be able to do whatever it is that they want to do. Yeah. And, and Luke and June are like, yeah, you know, yeah. That's and, right. And, and it's I like, Hey, that's what it was before. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's so interesting that that kind of mentality can still exist in people who were raised in Gilead. Mm -hmm. They're still going to see people who are going to still see in that mindset, but he doesn't know that that's how it used to be. Like it's, or he it's, he's just too young to remember. And it's you know, but him saying it, it's mm -hmm. it's foggy like a dream. It's like oh my god, like that struck my heart. It hurt because that made him think that that he that means he remembers his dad, his real dad, and we don't know if they probably were separated. Yeah, and. Like we get to see the other side of that because the last time that June saw Hannah, Hannah didn't recognize her and she screamed and ran and hid. And that or she's just so brainwashed in general. True. That, but you no. Know, it's definitely something to at least consider. The fact that it's true is so that he because of course it was devastating when Hannah reacted mm -hmm. that way. But yeah. 
we kind of get to see the other side of it and ooh, it was heavy and it hurt <laughs> and mm -hmm. but i mean it was very sweet and i really like um i think the uh the actor who played jaden uh the boy um the boy guardian i don't jaden we're gonna call him by his name uh I, he was i think the actor did it really well too he portrayed mm -hmm. that very well he that innocence but that yes. fun and still like hey i yeah i was raised in gilead this way and he's like but he also didn't say anything negative or bad against gilead no just no in I other words people he, should see he, their families yeah he's just like people should just exist they should just do their thing and just exist mm -hmm. and you know, with with that being said, then Luke gets behind the keyboard. By the way, I didn't know that OT plays and he plays the scenes very well. But mm -hmm. he he then starts playing, you know, oh Susanna, won't you follow? You know, does that. Yeah. But then he then he gets into the soul of it, right? He 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 plays Al Green's "Let's Stay Together." You know, he, mm -hmm. he's playing, he's singing the words, and and Jaden's just kind of like blown wow. away he's like did did you write that and luke just says he <laughs> did i <laughs> sure let's rewrite history why not let's just go ahead and rewrite history yeah why i wrote not? that i wrote that a while back so of you know it charted <laughs> you know back in the yeah. back in the day <laughs> let's just, why not and you know? someday hopefully if gilead you know burns to the ground and Let's. I, I really do hope this Jaden kid at least survives to hear that this song is not written by Luke. Oh my gosh! And yeah. if he heard that original song, he would just be like, "The man lied." He lied <laughs> but... Yeah, but you know, but during um, during this little sequence of of Luke singing, he he gets June to dance with her, dance with him, and then Jaden goes mm -hmm. and gets a flashlight and he flashes it at the disco ball, and it's just like a really sweet romantic fairy tale like moment mm -hmm. you know to to bring some sort of normalcy and some happy times into yeah. this fucked up world that they they currently live mm -hmm. in and you know you kind of want them to just live in that moment forever yeah but and no. you can't ignore the fact that the christmas lights and everything make it make that entire like bowling alley bar area so warm and cozy and magical sweet and magical and then mm -hmm. but on the outside it's cold it is dark dark it is white it is full of mines like, <laughs> and full of mines and um my poor so boy Jaden. i i like oh my gosh my boy my child walk, walk, walk us through that figuratively why did you say walk i didn't mean to <laughs> um, pun not intended <gasps> damn so, what um Jaden starts to um now it is nighttime. He and it is safe for them to leave the safety of the bowling alley. A sentence I never thought I would say. Yeah. And they're going through the woods and trying to get to get back to the border, to get back to no man's land, so that uh to get Luke and June back. Mm -hmm. And Jaden uh tells him to stop. And he because he's to he he stepped on a mine. And I think he Crush. took this with like a maturity that someone his age shouldn't like. Yeah. I was surprised. Like he he handled it very I mean he did like it, it did he, end up still blowing up. He was like comforting Luke Them. and June. Yeah, that was maturity. Like, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Like just just keep going. It's 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 gonna be okay. Yeah. You're right. Such it, grace. It blew me away. And I think that just wow. made it so much you, more devastating. You talk about my choice of words. Oh. <laughs> wow. That was just terrible, Amber. What? Shame on you. Shame yeah, that, on you. Uh, yeah, yours is nothing compared to that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, so everybody who so imprinted on Jaden like I did. Oh, Lord. So unfortunately, um, yes, uh, because he must have lifted his foot just ever so slightly. Yes, the mine goes off. Did detonate, yeah. It detonates. You see him flying through the air, and the poor kid had part of his leg blasted mm -hmm. off. And oh. um, I am glad that he is not dead. 
because as I said a second ago, I oh. very much imprinted on him and I love this child already. Oh. Um, I I feel like this show is like Game of Thrones. Don't have a favorite character because that I know. I'm not die. saying he's a favorite. I'm just saying I imprinted on him. <laughs> like That's this is almost saying. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just yeah. like he, yeah. Okay. Uh he So your child, but not your favorite child. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's messed up. I have adopted him as my own. Oh my god. Um no, he was just so sweet. And I, yeah, he did lose part of his leg. Um, I don't, it only zeroed in on like one leg. So we don't, uh, we're, I'm going to assume I it think was it's the just leg one. that he was, the one he was yeah. standing on. Yeah. Um, and he's probably definitely banged up from that fall because he, he flew up and landed mm-hmm. pretty hard. So he's definitely probably bru- bruised up too. But I don't believe anything else w- would have been broken, but we can't say. Um, but but Luke is freaking out. Yeah, Luke, Luke was like you can tell Luke out. is not experienced in this, and um, I guess the and that's because the man's been shot. Yeah, he's been shot. June's been shot. Like you know, June's like we gotta go, mm-hmm. we gotta go, we gotta go. And Luke's like, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, he just he can't handle that kind of pressure. Yeah, but you and, hear the guardians closing in from all directions. And, yeah, and June get tries her best to get them out of there and it looks mm-hmm. like they almost are they are hauling so close Hauling so ass. close past no man's land but alas yeah um yeah you bring us through that please <laughs> it was a uh... that was that was a rough watch i mean you kind of could predict okay they're gonna go into Gilead, but that doesn't mean they're gonna get out especially june like a second time right yeah the, there's just no way in hell and mm-hmm. The, the irony of all this, of course, she she went into the woods with Hannah years ago, got separated yes. from from her after she was separated from Luke. Right. She goes into the woods this time with Luke and is mm-hmm. now separated from him again mm-hmm. to cue in Al Green's Let's Stay Together song with the end credits. My God, like you're Ouch. talking about bringing it home and like. Yeah, like striking you in the gut. That was it. That was a hell of a cliffhanger. It hurt, and yeah. I, it also just brings so much anxiety and concern. You're concerned for these characters because, mm-hmm. like the at this point, we don't like June is still dealing with the trauma and obviously still oh, yeah. like experiencing, I guess, outbursts as with her alter ego, Alfred, but. Like, oh, now she's right back in it. And what's going to happen to that? What's going to happen to Luke? Like, it's... What's going to happen when Serena finds out that they're back in Gilead? Exactly. What's, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, there's so many possibilities here. Like Mackenzie, Putnam, Nick. <laughs> How are they all going to react? What are they all going to do? Yeah. And it's like, I, and and even then, and Nicole and Moira, I'm. Yes. Wow. I have. Also, Lily, you're the resistance leader. Where the fuck were you? Why weren't you there? (laughs) Yeah. And also what bothers me, um, uh, it doesn't, not, I didn't mean it bothers me, but like what's been bothering me and like kind of a thought in my mind, because I know we don't know. She has the actress who plays Emily hasn't said that she's coming back. Right. She's not coming back. We don't have, but we haven't even heard of Emily since she went yeah. back to Gilead. So heard of Esther in, in an episode. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so or things. Nick. Or-, or Nick. Yeah, we didn't hear about him in the well, previous one either. We Wow. Mm. No. Nope. Wow. Okay. Well, we have a lot of characters to follow up on. And I just, yes, we do. I am very intrigued on if they would even mention, because there are ways to have characters, I guess, brought up in conversation without them physically sure. being there. That's definitely a thing. They could do that with Emily, mm-hmm. but because she did go back to Gilead, but mm-hmm. um, we don't, there's just so many ways that this can go. Are they going to make her a handmaid again? Are they gonna? Oh, they're gonna put her on trial. Yeah, they're, they're gonna, gonna put her on trial. They're gonna try to send her to the wall, Luke. They're probably gonna the colonies. 
or the or, colonies or no I, I think they would take her to the wall they wouldn't probably put risk an uprising in the colonies luke they'll probably try to hang him as well mm-hmm. uh for whatever bs reasons they they come up with who knows yeah it, it's gonna be an interesting follow-up uh, this is the the halfway point of the season yeah a uh, very good cliffhanger for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it, the storytelling is still very well done, dialogue-wise as well as visual. Yes. So, which is sad to say in a way because next week, Amber, you and I will mm-hmm. not be coming back for episode six review yes. because uh, you're going on vacation, rightfully deserved. Very exciting. <laughs> yes, very exciting. So that means. We will be back in two weeks, but mm-hmm. we will be reviewing not only one episode, two episodes. So episode six and seven, we will be reviewing in a couple weeks. So, but yeah, that's, this concludes pretty much our review for episode five entitled Fairy Tales. So yeah. yeah wow. It was a, a lot. lot to, <laughs> it was a lot. It's, now having spoken to you about mm-hmm. it in depth. It's it really is a lot. And the show is still uh, an excellent show. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just glad that we've eliminated a lot of these long stares from June. Thank God. Yeah, thank <laughs> goodness. Praise um, be. Praise <laughs> be. <laughs> praise. There it is. That's how I can There it, it is. Right <laughs> near the end. Praise I be. Uh, I am. We are all over the long death stairs. We are. But you know what? We're not over. We're not over having people subscribe to our YouTube channel as we are on the road to 200 subscribers. Help us get there. I think I last checked, we're at 118. So we are slowly getting up there. Yay! So don't forget to like this video as well. It helps out our channel. helps other people tune into the Watchers in the Basement. Algorithm, you get it. Algorithm sucks at times. But we also want you to check out Amber's YouTube channel on all things wands and wand lore from the wizarding world. So head over to all of Amber's wands here on YouTube. And also don't forget to subscribe to her Instagram account at all of Amber's dot wands. All of her links are in the description box down below. And you can also follow the watchers in the basement on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at watchers basement. Help spread the word about us using hashtag watchers basement once again don't forget to subscribe to our youtube also like this video turn on those notification bells and last but not least for your audio podcast needs we are on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and spotify thanks to anchor.fm give us a five star rating really would help us out so amber thank you once again for joining me this week i hope you have a blast on vacation i'm (laughs) like low-key jealous Thank you so much. I'm, I'm work has been insane. So I'm very, very, this is much needed. I am excited. I get to see my family for the first time in months. Um, it's exciting. I really need this. I mean, I'm still probably going to watch the episode, but, um, yeah, I, yeah, a lot of talk about when we come back and, um, Thank you again for, as always, inviting me. I love talking about this show with you. It's likewise fascinating, and it's so much <laughs> to talk about. And yeah, again, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. Likewise, likewise, mm-hmm. and once again, thank you to everyone who joined us today in the chat, geeking out with Melly Mel and Trisha, aka the Texas Potterhead. We appreciate <laughs> you both being here with us in the live chat, and we will be back for episodes six and seven in two weeks' time. So. By her fucking hand. By her fucking hand. <laughs> <laughs>